You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. Josh Heupel and Tennessee's season opener versus Bowling Green getting moved up a couple of days. We'll give you details on that. And Matt Smith of southernpigskin.com is going to join us. He's got a great piece up talking SEC post-spring, everything from quarterback competitions to spring standouts. We'll hit on all of that with him in just a second. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. And a quick reminder to catch any of our other SEC podcasts like Locked on Auburn, Locked on Razorbacks. Find them all along the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, without further ado, we welcome in our buddy Matt Smith, southernpigskin.com. Follow him on Twitter at MattSmithCFB. Matt, Matt, it was a uh, it was a long spring, but, man, it was nice to have spring football back after uh, what we experienced last spring. It was, yeah, it was very nice, Chris. You know, and probably not quite as many morsels trickling out. Uh, given the media access was probably more limited than a normal year. But by the time we got to the games, you know, the stadiums were, you know, half full, kind of like they would be for normal spring games. Uh, got to see some players for the first time since December and January. And, and yeah, I think we're turning the page back towards normalcy. So, uh, good way to close the spring. We crossed the halfway point of the off season, I believe, last week officially. So, uh, all eyes on what should be a fun summer and fall in college football. Before we get to your uh, piece that you mentioned, I, d- I do want to mention a, a bit of news that that came out that uh, first-year Tennessee head football coach Josh Heupel and the Volunteers will make their debut in a nationally televised SEC Network primetime game. They're moving up a couple days, Thursday, September 2nd, against Bowling Green and Neyland Stadium. It'll be a 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff. It was originally going to be on Saturday, but really cool for the Vols and Heupel to kind of get that primetime thing. I believe that's going to be the night. Isn't that typically when we have all those last preseason games of of the NFL? Although, I guess the NFL is only going to do three preseason games this year, so that may change a little bit. But cool to have Heupel and the Vols getting primetime on a Thursday night all to themselves. It is, and that, that makes perfect sense for a number of reasons. Obviously, a, a head coaching debut, um, that's attractive. Tennessee, you know, still a huge fan base. Certainly not a lot of success on the field of late, but still a, a lot of eyeballs going to be turning into that game that otherwise may get buried uh, throughout the South on a, on a pretty loaded Saturday with, with Clemson, Georgia, and LSU, UCLA, and some big games there. So should get a good amount of eyeballs across the South. Um, Tennessee plays Pitt in Week 2, should be a pretty – competitive game there so that extra couple days will help and uh, i believe tennessee is the only sec team with eight home games this year so uh moving one to thursday still gives them seven on saturday and obviously a big year financially for uh for these schools to have those huge gates on saturdays so uh they'll still get their seven on saturday with the eighth on this thursday so yeah made perfect sense they've done that the last couple years moving uh not a marquee game but uh at least one game to the Thursday night SEC Network slot. And uh, when you're still playing non-conference and have 13, 14 different games on a Saturday, um, you're going to get a lot of games buried if they're all in one day. So I like it. It will be a, should be a fun product for Tennessee. I don't think it will be a great product, but I think they can score. I probably won't stop many teams this year. Um, but that could be pretty entertaining opening night there in Neyland. Let's ju- jump into your piece that you got up at uh, southernpigskin.com uh, titled SEC Post Spring Reset. And uh, one of the sections you, you you jump on is the quarterback competitions, and you single out nine SEC quarterbacks who sh- should feel pretty good about their starting roles. we got some competition battles still to play out, but where would you put this group of quarterbacks heading into the fall? I mean, you've got your elites 
in JT Daniels and Matt Corral. We know what those guys can do. We expect them to be very good. And then there's a whole kind of list of unknowns. Like we've seen KJ Jefferson in glimpses. We've seen Emory Jones at Florida a little bit. We know Bo Nix didn't take that big step forward last year, but this could be the year. So what do you make of this SEC quarterback group as a whole right now? Yeah, I think you summed it up nicely, Chris. It, it, it's average. I mean, I don't think we have a – well, I, I think Matt Corral, you could argue, is, is a Heisman contender. And uh, if Georgia wins enough, maybe you can throw Daniels in there. But I think those are the two that I felt pretty comfortable with, pretty confident in. Um, I might be a little more bullish on JT Daniels than some around the South, just thinking back to his time at USC and how sharp he looked as, as a freshman before getting hurt his sophomore year. And then, yeah, Bo Nix is kind of that, that two and a half if you want to go with guys you feel good about and know well on the SEC. Um, certainly seemed to plateau a bit as a sophomore last year, um, but does have a new system coming in this year. I think the running game will be a lot more uh, advantageous this year than it was last year to, to have for Nix to work with. And, uh, you know, a, a renewed focus with Brian Harson there. So we'll see. He looked like he plateaued um, after a really good freshman year, but, uh, you know, with the new the new coaching staff coming in there, um, I wouldn't shut the door on his career as just being an average guy. There probably is still some hope for him. And, yeah, K.J. Jefferson, he was one of my spring standouts. I'm just really impressed with him physically. Obviously, having to play only in spot duty last year, um, didn't have the risk of you know a major pounding that's going to come with playing a full SEC schedule. That's going to happen this year. Um, he's pretty rocked up, obviously a pretty mobile guy, but his arm looks good, too. Kendall Bryles, obviously a, a very impressive resume as an offensive coordinator. That receiving core is pretty good for the Razorbacks, so – uh, he's one I'm looking forward to to try to take that next step into maybe the upper tier of SEC quarterbacks. But yeah, as a whole, we'll see how some of these competitions play out. Uh, you know, whether a guy like Max Johnson or, or, or Will Rogers at Mississippi State could uh, carry some of the momentum that they established late last season in the 2021. Maybe this group turns out to be pretty decent, but on paper um, in May, I think it's probably average to below average in terms of a collection of talent throughout the league. Do any of these guys, and we mentioned Bo Nix, but the guys who are going to have new coaches this year, and particularly Bo Nix, Luke Doty at South Carolina, Ken Seals at Vanderbilt, are any of those guys in a better spot now in your mind having new coaches? Like, you know, sometimes guys just need that fresh start with with new coaches and new schemes and everything. Yeah, well, I would say any quarterback who is moving from not playing for Will Muschamp or excuse me, from playing for Will Muschamp to not playing for Will Muschamp <laughs> is, in, is in a better spot. So I will say Luke Doty is definitely one of those guys. Um, again, didn't play a full season last year, but um, we'll see how he adapts to what Shane Beamer wants to do. Um, Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator, they're a pretty good resume, I would say, in his background. Um, got a couple interesting pieces of wide receiver. Uh, Kelvin Harris, who established himself, I think, as a legit number one SEC running back last year. So, I might point to him as a guy who uh, is probably in a better spot. Um, Ken Seals, it's really hard to tell what Vanderbilt wants to do. Knowing Clark Lee is a defensive guy, um, brought in his coordinator from the NFL on offense, so it's really hard to project how the, the Commodore's offense is going to look. So I would point to Doty, I think, is the one who probably is, is in a better spot. Um, getting Will Muschamp out of the picture seems to always be a good thing for a quarterback. More with Matt Smith right after this. Quick reminder that Built Bar is still the best tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Well, they've got nine delicious flavors plus some occasional limited time flavors. But when you talk to anybody who's a fan of Built Bar, they're definitely passionate about what their favorites are. If you don't know the flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. The list goes on and on and on. 
but there is something for everyone. And, of course, my favorite, I've talked about it all the time, love the cookies and cream, love the mint brownie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, go do what I did in the very beginning. Get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of their main flavors. Get to try them all out and see which one is your favorite. But go to their website right now, BuiltBar.com. You can get a, a special discount if you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 17 grams of protein packed into just about every single bar. Only 130 calories. What are you waiting for? Get there right now at BuiltBar.com. Continue our conversation with Matt Smith, uh, southernpigskin.com, on Twitter, at MattSmithCFB. And Matt, continue our conversation with the quarterbacks. There are going to be some battles. We know Kentucky, uh, LSU, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Texas A&M, all of them kind of having battles. Some may be a little bit more along. You know, we like Jack Abraham in the spring. Wouldn't surprise us if Will Rogers is still the guy at Mississippi State. But of all those where it's a battle, which one intrigues you most? Hmm. Um, I would say Kentucky and LSU are the two probably that most interest me. I think LSU overall as a team is probably the most interesting team in the league because I think they probably have the, the widest gap between ceiling and floor. Obviously, we saw that crater uh, pretty deep last year in that 5-5 five and five season, but we know the talent they have and, and certainly capable of making a, a New Year's Six Bowl run. So I think seeing that how that plays out between a, a longtime veteran and Miles Brennan, if he's healthy, um, and again, Ken Max Johnson built off that momentum he he displayed late last season in those big wins over Florida and Ole Miss, and then Kentucky, um, you know, changing up the offense, going to the, uh, the fabled Sean McVay tree, bringing in Liam Cohen from the Rams to run that offense and hopefully give that passing game a jolt. Um, and Cohen kind of handpicked Will Levis, who was the backup uh, for Penn State the last two years, played some spot duty when Sean Clifford was either hurt or struggling. Um, an interesting competition with another transfer and former Auburn quarterback, Joey Gatewood. So those are the two I think I'm watching. Yeah, I'd give Abraham a shot. I do do like Rodgers, given the way he played late last season when Mississippi State really had a chance to just kind of give up after a a miserable first half of the year. Um, They got it together and played decent football in the second half of last season. So I think he probably wins that job. going to be a four-way competition at Tennessee. That could be fascinating. Again, I think I'll put up points regardless of who it is. Got to give Josh Heupel the benefit of the doubt there. And A&M, I, I really don't know, between Zach Calzada and Haynes King. Um, obviously, I was super impressed with Keller Mond's senior year. Looked like he had kind of plateaued like Bo Nix after his junior year, but uh, he played real smart, heady football last year and that great season for the Aggies. So, between the loss of Mond and all those offensive linemen, um, whoever does win that job is going to have a pretty tough task for the Aggies to uh, to match their 2020 performance this fall. I couldn't believe Matt in in your piece at SouthernPigskin.com. You, you mentioned the new you know the coaching changes the last two years, and you mentioned Lane Kiffin, who's coached 10 games, is now in the top half of the league in terms of time spent at his current school. It's just it's so crazy how quick the turnover happens in the SEC. But I'm looking forward to in a couple of weeks in July, we'll get to SEC media days. It was something we missed out on last year. But man, I feel like we say this all the time. But the characters in the SEC. I'm just looking forward to most getting in the same room and seeing the likes of Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, all these new personalities that have joined the SEC that we haven't had the chance to to really be close to an interview. Absolutely. Those two will be a blast. You know, they're used to probably the smaller media settings from their time uh, out in the Pac-12 where it's a lot more laid back, a lot fewer media. Um, you're just kind of walking around talking to one reporter at a time. It's a little bit different. 
Um, we'll see how they handle it. You put Leach in front of a microphone, you have no idea what he's going to say. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Kiffin, Twitter Kiffin versus behind a microphone Kiffin can be a little bit different. He's got kind of the next save and don't ask me about a depth chart question or you're going to get the evil eye. Um, but if you ask him the right question, he's got, he's got quite a, quite a wit about him. So, um, if the media does do a good job and they normally don't of asking good questions, um, uh, I think Kiffin could be, uh, quite entertaining. But yeah, some guys out of the league that probably weren't the best in that setting. Gus Malzahn, always pretty boring and at that event. So probably won't miss him too much in terms of being a, a great quote. But yeah, hopefully it's a, a normal setting down there in Hoover this year with all the crazy Alabama fans packing the lobby. And again, it'll feel like normal once again. Yeah, Brian Harson. if he just cracks a joke or two, he'll be more entertaining than Gus was, but yeah. uh, that'll be fun. I, I think it's interesting your piece, too. You point out a couple of coordinator changes, and I'm curious in your mind which one is, I guess, garners the most attention or, or who has the most pressure on them, put it that way, from Alabama hiring Bill O'Brien, who we know was you know, obviously had some success as an NFL head coach, but now coming over to Alabama to replace Steve Sarkeesian's shoes. Liam Cohen coming into Kentucky, where I feel like, man, if he runs, you know, just an end around, they're going to be going ooh and ah because they've had no offense in Kentucky in recent years. And then obviously Durante Jones at LSU, uh, I feel like if he even has a subpar defense, it's an upgrade over what they had last year with Bo Pelini. But who who would you say has the most pressure on them as in terms of the newest coordinators in the SEC? Yeah, I mean, I think the highest bar has to be Bill O'Brien just because of what Alabama put up a year ago. I think we're expecting some sort of regression just looking at eight of the first 38 picks in the draft, most of them on offense. Um, as well as Alabama's recruited, you got to expect a bit of a step back. So in that sense, you could argue for O'Brien. But again, I think the two guys who are most in danger of being one-and-done coordinators are the two at LSU because their head coach is probably the only one in the league who is at serious risk um, of losing his job. So you know, they're bringing the guy with Jake Pease, who's kind of worked under Joe Brady. The expectation is maybe not go be Joe Brady because he doesn't have Joe Burrow as his quarterback, but uh, make that offense look a lot more like the 2019 version than the 2020 offense, at least the early 2020 um, offense. So certainly pressure on him. LSU's defense, probably a little more talented than the offense, I would say, overall. I think the cornerback duo of Stingley and Rex could be the best in the country this year. Um, so I think Jones steps into a pretty good situation this year. Um, but both sides of the of the ball are going to be better for them to see a second year in Baton Rouge. But yeah, as far as the theme, it's just how many NFL guys um, came in, as we've seen over the years, kind of the, the marrying of X's and O's and schematics between Saturday football and Sunday football. Um, just something I noticed going through this, how many of these guys came directly from the NFL or spent most of their time in the NFL. Um, you know, Wilkes and O'Brien both being head coaches. Um, Steve Wilkes at Missouri taking over that defense, which I thought was a, a pretty big disappointment last year. So I think he can really raise that unit and, and make them compete for probably third in the East. So that was kind of the theme I noticed going through all the coordinator changes was um, the NFL influence. Again, just to the point of how similar the schematics have become between Saturday football and Sunday football, uh, much different than, say, 10 years ago when they were definitely doing a lot of different stuff. Continue our conversation with Matt Smith right after this. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all of your sports action. We know baseball season is underway. You want to bet on the Braves, you want to bet on the Astros, the Marlins, the Rays, whatever it is, you can do so on a nightly basis at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news and odds and info for all your sporting needs, including the NBA, the MLB, NHL, UFC, MMA, whatever it is you want. You can get in on the action. We know the NBA is winding down. This Sunday is the last regular season games. That means playoffs happening next week. 
and you'll be able to get in on all the future bets. You like somebody to upset the Lakers and win it all this year, get some pretty good odds on some of the other teams because the Lakers and the Nets right there at the top in terms of your odds on favorites. But head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. And a reminder... If you head to their website right now, do so on your mobile device. You can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet online. There are your online sportsbook experts. Just a couple more questions for our guest Matt Smith on Twitter, at MattSmithCFB, of course, southernpigskin.com. And Matt, the latest odds came out according to betonline.ag, odds to win the SEC conference. And obviously Alabama is the odds on favor, followed by Georgia. But right behind them, the next two best odds are Texas A&M and Florida. If I were to ask you if it's not Bama and Georgia in Atlanta, is A&M and Florida, would you say those are the next best two options? Uh, yes, I would say Florida clearly is, is number two. I also think they're not that close to Georgia, given they have to play Alabama, and I think the talent difference is, is pretty clear between the two schools right now. Last year was Florida's year. Um, they took advantage of it in, in winning the East, at least, and had a shot to get to the playoffs, but had that LSU loss knock them out. So I, I think there's a, a decent gap this year that wasn't there last year between Georgia and Florida. Um, I could see Ole Miss or LSU probably rise up and, and take number two in the West. Um, I believe both those teams get A&M at home this year, so if it comes down to a tiebreaker, you know that might work in their favor. I do have A&M second right now, um, but I, I do think there's potential there and pretty high ceilings for both Ole Miss and LSU, given the talent the Tigers have um, and the offense we know that Ole Miss is going to have, and they just need a little bit of defense this year. They got basically none last year, so... I have Florida clear number two in the East. Um, I think A&M is two in the West, but I could see them being picked off and finishing third or fourth by an Ole Miss or LSU, uh, more so than a Kentucky or a Missouri rising up and getting Florida for that second spot. Yeah, some pretty good value. LSU at 12 to 1 and Ole Miss at 18 to 1. So if you're a believer in either of those, I would uh, I would jump on that. And hey, if you're a real long shot guy, jump in on Mike Leach and Mississippi State 66 to 1 to win the SEC this year. So some pretty good odds there. You can make some money. But uh, uh, Matt, continue on with your piece that you had southernpigskin.com. Who are a couple of guys that you saw in the spring that just really stood out to you that think are going to be big time playmakers in the fall? Yeah, I mentioned K.J. Jefferson earlier in terms of the quarterbacks. That was the one who I just saw from their spring game and just knowing what he has to work with with Kendall Bryles and his receiving core that I think can really take a, a leap into being a, a top-five SEC quarterback this year. Um, at Georgia, Donna Mitchell, they have a loaded wide receiving core. He's a true freshman, but with George Pickens out for at least a good portion of the year, maybe all of it, um, I think there is room for him to get some early playing time at over 100 yards in the spring game, so – um, I think that passing game should be finally um, a weapon for Georgia, something we haven't seen for the last couple years there when it's been pretty stodgy watching that offense. Um, at LSU, again, I talked about Stingley and Ricks being one of the best cornerback duos in the country. Um, had a guy, Jay Ward, who kind of moved around a bit last year, um, played some safety in the spring and had a really good close to last season, particularly in the Florida game. So, um, I think if he fits in at safety, that allows the Tigers to to get their best defensive backs on the field, even if the positions weren't their natural or number one fit. Um, so I like to see how Durant K. Jones uses him this year. So um, obviously hard to tell. A lot of the spring is propaganda with coaches, uh, you know, pumping guys up from what they see in, in practices, given we only generally see one of the 15 practices. 
Um, but those are some guys I saw. I'll be keep, keep my eye on come uh, preseason camp in August, whether they can take that next step and uh, start to become more household names once uh, Toe meets Leather in September. Matt, great stuff, man. Always good to catch up with you. Love reading your, your work at southernpigskin.com. And uh, I guess I'll see you in a couple weeks out there in uh, Hoover, Alabama. I sure hope so. Always fun talking ball, even in May. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Chris. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. My thanks to Matt Smith jumping on with us there. And again, if you're looking for the latest uh, Vegas odds to win the 2021 SEC championship game, you can find them all at betonline.ag. Get in there, sign up, and uh, make some future odds, some future bets on who you think is going to win the SEC championship game. Roll on tomorrow. We'll uh, continue talking all things SEC on Locked on SEC Update you throughout the week on the uh, SEC softball tournament underway. SEC baseball winding down this weekend and next. Plenty to discuss in the coming weeks as we count you down to a next football season as well. I am Chris Gordy. And a quick reminder, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.